Oh, we could, we could fly. Welcome to this new season of the Have a Cup of Jahani podcast. So I want to title this new season that I'm embarking on with I'm growing. So this is going to be the season of growth. And um, that's what I'm going to share with you throughout the season. So I thank you for coming over here and sitting with me. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Is your favorite podcaster slash author slash all around awesome person, Johnny. And on today's episode, we are going to discuss the loss of a pet. And we're probably going to get super sad and weepy today. So if your heart and your soul is not prepared for this conversation, please listen to another episode or wait for the next Wednesday where we'll have another episode. Okay. All right. So for those of you here, please bear with me on this episode because I'm coping with grief and from my conversation with my therapist, it's just this this roller coaster of emotions. And I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this and you have coped with with some sort of grief, um, you have probably felt that big roller coaster of big emotions that sometimes you don't know where you're going to be at in a specific day or in a specific moment. And, And that's where I'm at right now. So on September 8th at 11, I had to say goodbye to John. And um, John was my pet. He was my dog, but he was so much more than that for 14 years. So if you know me outside of this podcast, um, and if you don't, here it is. So for me, my pets are my children. I do have human babies, but my pets are also my babies. They are my family. They are my companions that go with me as I PCS from military base to military base, even when it's overseas part of my budget, they're part of my family, they're part of my family portraits and and everything. (laughs) They're even part of my wedding. So that's, that's how I feel about them. So losing John, who was my most elderly dog, it, it crushed me to say the least. It really did. But let me tell you, I'm trying really hard to hold it together because I don't want to be in the booth for a very long time talking about this, to be honest with you. But I feel like the more that I talk about it, the easier that it will get later on. And this is a podcast where I share with you all lessons I have learned, experiences that I have gone through and in a way to teach others, but with this story, I really just want to find some solace and want to give others the okay to feel grief, to love on their fur babies 
as if they are your children, if that's what you do. Because it's been a weird slash hard experience for me. So that's one of the reasons why I want to share. But I met John while I was stationed in Korea. Um, I was there 14 years ago, <laughs> to be exact. And, and I had gone on that day, I had gone out to go get lunch. Um, not just for me, but to get lunch for some of my teammates as well. And I was working in a warehouse in Weigwon, which is um, very south of South Korea. And I was going to McDonald's with my chief, my boss. And um, we parked the car. We went to McDonald's, went through the drive through and uh, got our things. And suddenly I hear this yappy bark. And we stopped the car and it's like this big commotion and we don't see very well what's going on, but it was a, a, a bark. And, and then we get out of the car to see what's going on. And we see this dog that looks like a ferocious little lion with yellow fur. And it was like the story of David and Goliath. The man towered over this small dog who was standing his ground and barking at this dude as he was trying to get inside a cab. And the dude was fixing to lift his leg. And I could tell he was aiming at the little dog's face. Yet the dog was not backing down. And my chief was like, Oh my God, look, that's one of the queen's dogs because um, it looked like a corgi mix of some sort. And I, I kind of shrugged it away because I didn't know what I didn't know anything about dog breeds or anything like that. That's one. And, and two, I didn't even know about the queen at that time. I wasn't really big into the royal family. And I get, I get closer and Right before the man is about to hit this dog, I tell him to stop. And he yells at me in Korean. And of course, that fires me up because I'm not just going to stand there and get yelled at. So I yell back at him in English. And um, my voice kind of like startled the little dog. And he let go of the man's ankle and to look at me. And the man went, got into the cab right away and zoomed out as he was still yelling at me out the window. And I said a few explicits and then just boom, we left it at that. And then this little dog is looking at me, <laughs> his cute little cocked face and just a goofy looking <laughs> expression on his face. And I'm like, do you want to come with me? I, I asked the dog as if he could understand. And he cocks his little face to the other side. And I was like, okay, just stay there. You know, I tell him once again, I'm talking to this dog as if he could understand me. And I grab a chicken nugget from one of the orders <laughs> that I had gotten from McDonald's and I show it. Of course, the little puppy, his tail just starts wagging and, and going berserk and, and coming closer. So right there, I knew 
this dog is food motivated. So this is how I can <laughs> I can entice them and, and get them to get in the car. And sure enough, I back myself up showing the chicken nugget all the way to the car. And I'm like, you want it? And of course he wants it. And then I, I throw it inside the car. And sure enough, this, this little fur looking lion dog with really short legs <laughs> close to the ground jumps into the car and then just fucking starts going ham on, on the chicken nugget. And I get in real quick and then I close the door and we zoom with the dog. So this little fur lion looking thing stayed with me during my work day in Korea. Everybody was cooing over him, of course, saying he's so cute and all of that. And um, I tell my chief that because she's asking me, so are you going to keep it? Are you going to keep it? And I'm like, well, first I got to find out whether it has an owner and, you know, but I don't speak Korean. Um, there weren't any Katusas in the warehouse. And um, I was like, I'm just going to wait until I go home and talk to my landlord. So that day I go home and my son is there and um, he had come from the dojo and then and, and all of that because he used to do Taekwondo after school. And I tell him, I'm like, don't name the dog, okay? Because this is this is a, a dog that I rescued from the street, not necessarily going to be our dog. I first need to find out whether he has an owner. And um, I get my, my landlord, who I lovingly call her Ajima, and she tells me that she's going to take the dog downstairs to the vet. So no shit, I used to live in um, the Fish Market Street in Tegu. And uh, downstairs to me was a furniture store. And then on the building next to me at the bottom floor was a vet. Very convenient. So I follow her with uh, the dog to the vet. The vet scans for chip and says no chip. Um, the dog is not neutered either. And um, it's the, the dog seemed like he'd been in the streets for a while. They told me um, hairs matted and all of that. And um, I thought he had extra set of ears growing, but that was really the his fur having been matted for a while. And um, it had started to look like two ears underneath his ears. Ajima tells me that she is going to make a poster for me. And if I just make copies and then post it where I found them. So I get John some food from the vet. So that way he has something to eat. And then I wash him, cut off the mats, which makes him look a little weird because now he looks patchy. But um, there was no way to comb the mat. So I had to cut them. Of course, he gets mad and he gets the zoomies. That's something that I learned about him. He gets the zoomies as, as soon as he's out of a shower and he is completely food motivated. He will do anything um, for food. So I set him up, um, still no name. And I go to work the next day and I do as my landlord tell me and post these uh, posters that she made for me in Korean. And then I wait. Of course, my kid is in love because 
wow, we have we have a dog, we have a puppy. He is an only child in the house. So this is this is amazing. But we still calling him puppy. And two weeks time, one and a half or two weeks time, still nothing. And we are fixing to go into the holiday season in Korea. And I look at John and my Ajima is like, I don't think he's anyone's dog, which I found very odd because I'm like, it's such a cute dog. Yeah, a bit aggressive, a bit, you know, weird, but I, I chucked it up to the dog probably has been out in the streets fending for himself. So obviously that's going to be part of the behavior. And when we see that no one has called my landlord to ask for this dog or anything like that, I turned to my son and I'm like, I think this is going to be our dog, Jonathan. I tell him. And, and I'm like, what do you think? I already knew the answer. I mean, my son's face lit up immediately. He like <laughs> grinned so hard. I thought his teeth were going to come out of his mouth. And and he like nodded so hard. All his curls was just bouncing on top of his head. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, then you name him. And he named the dog John. Are you ready to embark on a captivating journey of resilience and revelation? Get ready to immerse yourself in the extraordinary world of Isla Delgado, a nine-year-old girl who has experienced more than her fair share of trauma. Isla's life takes a dramatic turn when she's forced to live with her dad and his new wife for six months. Her anxiety intensifies as she becomes convinced that her stepmom is an evil witch. But Isla is determined to protect herself and expose her stepmom's true nature. As the gripping story unfolds, Isla discovers that things aren't always as they seem. People are saying, while the alarming trend of attempting to ban books continues in the United States, this book is a fantastic reminder of the power that books have. A child will read this story and feel seen, heard, and hopefully feel some peace. For children of the appropriate age, this book provides the opportunity for a wonderful exercise in empathy. The message of this story is truly something a lot of children out there and even some adults might need to hear. Join Isla on a transformative journey of self-discovery, where she learns that even the most traumatic experiences can be triumphantly overcome with the power of love and understanding. Mrs. Franchi's Evil Ring is available everywhere books are sold. It's something about my son is that he hasn't, his father hasn't been part of his life, his biological father. Um, he gained a father when I married my husband um, six years ago, and that has been who he has known all along as his father figure. But before that, when we first got John, he didn't have a father figure. So when John came into our lives and just the naming him John, I, I I felt 
not just a bit of sadness, but also a bit of relief because I, I found that in a way my son was giving John that name as a way to cope with that loss that he had of a father that was absentee in that part of his life because that was his dad's name. His dad's name is Jonathan, but everybody calls him John. So I was like, okay, okay, we will, we will name him John. And that was the day that John became part of our lives. And for 14 years, John has not only become the plug of that hole that my son had, but he became our protector. He became that that person that will love on us, that would allow us to cuddle with him, that will be next to us in our bed. He will bounce from being in my son's bed to coming over to mine and um, will greet us at the door just like with this big goofy grin that he seemed to always have when he would see us. And 14 years of that, one creates a bond and and that bond was so strong between us and John because he gave us unconditional love. No matter how many days I will go training and I wouldn't see him, his love will be the same when I will come back. No matter whether we yelled at him for snatching a pizza from one of the kids <laughs> when they weren't looking, he will still love us. No matter what, he will love us. So if you have no idea what unconditional love feels like, get a dog, <laughs> rescue a dog, and, and you will know what that is. You will see an example of that. And when I came here to Fort Knox, Kentucky, the vet was, he was already elderly, so we already knew and he had some issues. And the vet told me something. She was like, thank you for rescuing him. But I told her, I think John rescued us. And he did. He absolutely did. John came in a time of my life. I was very stressed. I was very alone. I was trying to do so much with so little time and so little resources that I had. And I was trying to be everything for everyone. And that was taking a toll on me. And I was reacting poorly a lot of the time. And John became that being that I could always count on to, to help me recoup, to help me regain my energy, to bring a laugh, to bring some peace and joy into my life, and to bring my son and I together. Because it, in a way, as he was growing and and needing me less and less, we still had John in common. And that also kept us together in a way because we both loved John. We both took care of John. We took turns feeding him. 
Um, we will take turns walking him. He will help me bathe him because John oftentimes had a lot of energy and would run away uh, from the shower. So it was just these little moments of joy that John brought into my family, which made my son and I even closer. So that's why I say he rescued us. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. That is just the things that I can remember now. So the absence of something, someone that I loved so much, that was such a big part of my life, that absence, that is grief. And that's what I'm coping with right now. And what I'm starting to learn is that it's not going to go away, even even though that's how I envision it will be. I envision I will feel something and I envision that it will disappear later on. But now I know that this loss will always be there. It's like when something goes away, that gap, it's always there because nothing else will fit it just right. It's like a puzzle piece that once you lose it, doesn't matter what you put in there, it will never cover it up. And that's what I'm grappling with right now. Just that sense of loss, not really understanding how I can overcome it and how to deal with it, really. And it's just the little things right now where it's like, I still feel his presence around. I come down the stairs and I, I turn the corner expecting to see him with his tail wagging and, and his goofy grin looking at me that first day coming down the stairs and knowing that I didn't have to open the back door to let him out, it broke me. And it's just these little moments like that where you feel that loss that are so tough to cope with. And I find myself having conversations and praying inside of me that the conversation doesn't turn into talking about pets because I don't think I can handle it. And then seeing dogs all over the street with their person and being so envious of that. All of these are emotions that I'm currently grappling with and trying to understand to allow them to be there, to give them a space, to acknowledge them and to honor them and then just letting them be and understanding that eventually the emotions will be less heavy to bear, but that they will not go away. So that is in essence, folks, what I'm dealing with right now. And it's heavy heavier in some days than in other days, but it's just the presence of loss 
it's something that I didn't understand will weigh this much. And that has left me at a loss. But I think just having these conversations and I talked it with my therapist and and she explained to me how the, the roller coaster of emotions, how that is and how that is absolutely normal to to feel, to to go through when there's a loss in, in someone's life. And basically to just understand that and letting it be while I continue on to to do those habits that I have already incorporated in my life so that way I can maintain my sanity and and maintain uh, the joy that I try to cultivate in my life. So that's what I'm trying to do. Some days are harder than others, but that that's what I'm trying to do to just maintain those habits and to, to try to focus on the good things, the, the 14 good years that I had with John. And to be thankful and grateful for that. And I'm trying really hard to focus on that. But sometimes my head just wants to go back to the moment when I say goodbye or the fact that in my present, he's not here. But I know every day is going to get just a little bit better. (sighs) And thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry this was a little chaotic and um, sad. But thank you for listening to this. I really appreciate it. It has helped me just to voice this, to talk about it in this way, because really talking about it and being vocal about emotions and how they feel and how they manifest just helps me to conceptualize the magnitude of the loss and of my big emotions that I'm feeling right now and how they display in this roller coaster fashion. So just being able to talk it really helps me to identify what's going on. And it's always that that bit of when I identify things that um, I take away a little bit of the intensity of it. So thank you so much for listening to me. Next episode, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what it is about, but I will find some other lesson to talk about for next Wednesday. It will be more joyful than this. So hopefully you're there next Wednesday. So that way we can chat again. Once again, thank you so much. And I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope that when you have big emotions, you are able to say them out loud or write them so that way you're able to understand them a little bit better and take the intensity away from it as I did in this moment. I am so thankful that you all are out there listening to this. I really am. Okay, I'll see you next Wednesday then. Oh, we could, we could fly. you so much for listening don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show see you on the next episode bye oh we could we could fly uh, uh, uh.